Hey. Hey, uh, check out the podium. Look at this. Mr. Reynolds has apparently changed his name to Turd Ferguson. Yeah, that's right. Turd Ferguson. It's a funny name. Great. Welcome to the 63rd episode of News Dump, brought to you by Summit Funding, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm Chronicle Associate Editor, joined as always by Nicki Minaj's cousin Eric Schwartz and <laughs> Instant Pot Connoisseur Frankie Baby himself. Franklin, how's the cooking going? I've been trying to use the Instant Pot a lot more, um, and it's actually, it's not horrible, but that's me judging my own cooking. You'd have to ask my wife. I'm not sure if she likes it. And now, the Instant Pot, was this a thing you purchased and went out and found, or did you just come home from being married and it was there? That's how it was. You I'd... get married one day, boom, Instant Pot on the, the counter The Instant Pot just shows up night. instantly. What, what was your best wedding gift? Oh, geez, you know yeah. what it is. It's hard to rank them. Oh, please. We got a pizza oven. Oh, well, that's good. That's and, good. And uh, shout out Daryl Lund, got us a coffee maker. We use the coffee maker every day. Awesome. Awesome. Good old Daryl Lund. Good old oh, Daryl Lund. That sounds lovely. Uh, we're starting this Wednesday, September 15th episode off with a quick rest in peace. The great comedian Norm MacDonald passed away yesterday, age 61. He was the great, uh, one of the great comedians or anti-comedians, depending on how you look at it. You heard him in the intro briefly, and nobody was better at telling a bad joke with a straight face and getting a laugh out of it than the great Norm MacDonald, famous for his time on SNL, as well as the films Dirty Work and Screwed. Showed up in a lot of Adam Sandler stuff, and yeah, he was the, he was hilarious. He was the best. He was awesome. I always liked his quote about if you're a comedian, you don't want applause. You just want laughter, because if it's applause, it means that they agree with you, and uh, if you're a comedian, maybe they shouldn't agree with you most of the time. Yeah, he was, he was trying to get that raw reaction out of people, and I went through a rabbit hole watching a bunch of his stuff this morning and last night, and uh, yeah, he was, he was a pretty funny dude. He had some, he had some good bits. Are you guys ready for news? Let's just dive in. Our first news item, Winlock passes proclamation that the mayor thinks the governor has narcissistic personality disorder. Uh, this comes from Winlock Mayor Brandon Svensson, who we should note was was not elected mayor. He kind of took over after Don Bradshaw quit because... You say took over like it was a coup. I'm pretty sure there was a, a process of nominating and appointing. Yeah, I'm sure there was. Is he technically the interim mayor still, or is he just mayor? No, he's just the mayor. Okay, all right. Anyway, Brandon Svensson uh, wrote this letter, and the council passed it as a proclamation. You may remember Brandon Svensson from such previous stories as county meeting canceled after Winlock mayor refuses to wear a mask. Mayor's meeting proceeds, but with poor attendance, Winlock mayor again refuses to wear a mask or attend, and also his bit in his story about... Uh, the, oh, the county raising a pride flag uh, where he called the Lollipop Guild bullies over the pride flag. <laughs> Which is funny. It's, it, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Come on. It is, it it is, is, it is funny. funny. It is funny. Uh, anyway, um, what do you guys think of, uh, <laughs> of Winlock's letter to the governor? Um, I it don't surprised know. me. I was surprised was my first reaction. Uh, it just struck me like lots of proclamations and such as being somewhat pointless, um, but I guess the point would be to draw attention. We're here talking about it on the podcast. 
It's on the front of Tomorrow's Chronicle. I've seen some other papers pick it up. So probably the Winlock mayor, also the chair of the Lewis County Republicans, got exactly what they wanted. Um, for me personally, I... I didn't really like it with Donald Trump when the, the stories were constantly like, oh, is he mentally there? He should have a mental evaluation. And you hear it with Biden now, and I don't like that. And um, I don't really like it here either. It's kind of like, you know, on the schoolyard, there's a word that um, we don't say anymore, the R word, right? You used to call each other a retard, which is awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like now it's entered politics. It's just like, I disagree with this person, so they are mentally, mentally unwell. I don't like it. Uh, do we feel like this is the municipal government version of being mean to the girl you like in school? <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> writing, I don't writing think notes so. about her, saying mean things when she's around, trying to get her to notice you. I, I just felt like this has big, uh, I hope my crush notices me energy. Uh, Mike Falk at the uh, governor's office did respond to our request for a comment. He said, this is foolish, childlike behavior, really speaks for itself. They wasted taxpayers' time passing something that does not advance any ideas or solutions to the COVID crisis in our state or in their community. It's even worse that they would trivialize people's medical well-being in the middle of a deadly pandemic. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, I can't see anybody else doing a thing like that. Uh, Anyway, our next news item is a front-page editorial by Eric Schwartz (laughs) with a five-column photo of his head photoshopped on what appears to be The Rock's shirtless body with an all-caps headline that says, Everyone else should be as humble, secure, and self-aware as me. Yeah. Honestly, Um, I didn't know it was photoshopped until you said that. It's not. It's not photoshopped. Those are my curves, guys. (laughs) I did not know that was <laughs> you better believe it. Uh, Mike Falk would have been in the running for Burn of the Week, I feel like, or Svensson Burn of the Week for actually taking uh, municipal action to take a shot at the governor. I mean, um, one or the other. I think I'll give him a tie for Burn of the Week there. Uh, yeah, it's great to see uh, the governor's office with a, a, a funny response. There was one part of the story I was kind of like, like confused by, but so while no council members voted against the re- resolution, one highlighted his own lack of medical expertise to diagnose someone with personality disorder. To that, Svensson um, replied that uh, the proclamation is just a statement from the mayor, not the council. I'm like, well, why would they have to vote on that if it's not a statement by the the mayor and just the council? So I think it it accurately is the council, but uh, I don't know. I guess voters will ultimately decide next time council members are on the ballot, which I believe there's a couple of them this November. Yeah, I believe uh, if Svensson is in, I guess he's not taking over Don Bradshaw's term. I don't. I'm not specifically sure. He might be. Okay. Anyway, our our next news item: uh, less than a third of Chehalis, comma, Centralia school staffers confirmed vaccinated so far. There is less than a month now for school employees to get vaccinated before uh, I think they would misqualify. Maybe it's like their first dose before. They would miss qualifying for the October 18th deadline. Uh, Centralia Superintendent Lisa Grant said about 30% of their employees have verified that they've received the vaccine. And uh, about three religious or medical exemptions have been turned in. In Chehalis, it's about 22% of the district staff of 430, and they've got 27 medical or religious exemptions. Um, Chehalis having more medical or religious exemptions. Surprise, not surprise. Uh, I'm not a little surprised, and I was surprised by how low those numbers were, but I think you take into account people that just simply haven't confirmed it yet. Um, There's probably some of those. You probably got people that got one shot but not two. Um, I think we'll see those numbers creep up. But I certainly thought that um, 
the school districts would see, and maybe it was faulty thinking on my part, that they would have a higher vaccination rate than the general public just by itself, if that makes sense, in Lewis County. Yeah, um, and it does say they've got 78% of returned inquiries that say they're getting the vaccine, so they expect to have, you know, 78 80% probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. What, uh, do we think anybody, how many people are actually going to end up quitting over this? Do we have any, any uh, ideas? we had a story earlier this week from Claudia Yaw, um, talking to some local fire departments. Toledo seems to be a little worried about it. Um, if I recall correctly, they had six cases of COVID within the district, um, which is pretty sizable for that size. They were still able to respond to calls, but, um, the chief or deputy chief down there kind of pivoted on the call and was like, well, when we're really going to have problems is when, we lose, you know, up to 50% of our volunteers and staff who aren't going to get the shot. Um, and he specifically noted, like, volunteers might be more apt to just step away. And we've already got a volunteer shortage, so I could see fire districts being a problem. Yeah, um, I, I had that uh, story from Claudia on here, too. Unvaccinated firefighters could leave their jobs. Virus surge, surge also impacting Lewis County stations. Uh, the one thing I took out of that was all the Chehalis firefighters have gotten the vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Which was, that, that's good news. Good for them. Yeah, it, it, that, I was surprised by that, too. The, Does that surprise either one of you guys? Uh, I guess it surprises me that it's a, a clean 100%. Like, yeah. no questions. Um, yeah, same here. I thought there could be at least, you know, maybe one person that had vaccine reactions in the past or, you know, something like that. Like yeah. a very legitimate concern. Yeah, I was, I was <clears> shocked by that 100% number as well. I think that's good for them. I, I agree. Um, the, on the Toledo bit of that, it was interesting that they said, I believe he said in the story, they had six staffers that had missed work in the last few weeks out of a total of 17. Mm-hmm. Um, but a number of them don't want the vaccine. Like, I, I guess I feel like if you had caught COVID, you might want to get the vaccine and be like, oh, you know, like this is, this is a real thing. I had it. Yeah. Depending on how severe it is. Yeah. I mean, f- for sure. I think a lot of people are just dug in, embedded. Um, we ran a story into tomorrow's edition about, you know, there's thousands of state workers that are claiming exemptions, but a lot of departments are basically telling them, well, we'll give you a religious exemption, but we can't accommodate you on the job, so you're going to go home without pay. And we see that in the private sector, too. Airlines are starting to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be kind of a, a weird section where you're not really fired, but you're not getting paid. Yeah, um yeah, I can remember, uh, you know, a couple of summers ago at the Chronicle being like that, uh, where I was not doing any work and also not being paid. It was great. <laughs> it was, you've never been off the Chronicle payroll since 2005, right? Uh, yeah, that's One correct. year after my arrival? Uh, yeah, but I have left less times than you as well. That's true. I keep getting dragged back. Uh, let's and now you're see. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. You are. <laughs> I've already signed with Franklin long term. Yep, he's a long term deal. I got him locked in 25 years. Sidestep Chad. And Franklin's second wife. Nothing um, guaranteed. Oh, come on. Nothing guaranteed. No, technically she is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Married the same woman twice. Oh. Um, no, <laughs> never mind. Uh, all right, next news item. Let's get away from COVID news. Um, <laughs> with the Costco distribution center going to Tumwater, the Port of Chehalis narrows talks with new tenant for Rush Road property. So this was, uh, there's nothing major here. The port CEO, Randy Mueller, who was on his way out, said the port has been courted by interested tenants and they're expecting to come to the authority board with a proposal soon. This is where Costco was going to go, but didn't because they, they had to level the ground or something. It was, it was kind of an embarrassing misstep, I think. Like Costco is going to come is what the port announced, but um, ultimately it would have taken more fill dirt than the cost it was to build the facility out there wow. to, to place it. 
Um, so no offense to the port of Chehalis. I, I think they do a great job, but I think it was, it, you know, they, well, you guys decide cat out of the bag first or horse out of the barn. They, they let it go too early, though. I agree. Uh, I think it's it's a horse out of the barn situation. <laughs> horse out of the barn. You argued about it a couple weeks ago, so I was giving you a, an opportunity. Um, I always love any story where there's like, oh, we've got a, a mystery tenant coming in. It's like in the hot stove league in baseball where they're like, oh, there's a mystery team interested in signing player X, and it usually turns out it's no one. <laughs> but I wish Randy had dropped some hints with it. Like, uh, I can't name names, but we're primed to reach a decision <laughs> the company echoes this that is sentiment. A amazon opportunity i mean amazing opportunity if i had to name my favorite <laughs> greek god it would bezos um <laughs> this story is also a bit perplexing because it is currently our most popular story on cronline.com um and that puts it ahead of the winlock declaration a couple 9-11 stories from locals, and of course, what we'll talk about later, Shahela's woman arrested for allegedly defecating in park. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly. Usually, usually when we have a, our most popular story, is like loaded up on comments, but this was literally a brief that was embedded in another story, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. People are clicking on it, though. I wonder why. Interesting. I think it's Costco, and people always read Costco, and they don't read Distribution Center, and they think we've lost an opportunity to have like a Costco retail outlet here. We were going to get a Costco, and then we didn't and they probably would have brought in olive garden with them i mean i remember when someone told me we were getting a fred meyer yeah, yeah. that was it was eyed for the port of uh Centrae for a while there Centrae station and then you went over there and it was just a uh, walmart with a monocle <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what it is anyways <laughs> uh next story should sightseeing aircraft be part of the mount rainier comma olympic national parks experience policies being formulated hot take no. <laughs> you don't think so? Like none? Nope. Keep them out of there. It's a park. Yeah, well, you know. You can fly over plenty of private land and be like, look at all the trees. There's the mountain. We can see it. You could just get on a, like an airline and see the mountain. I think it's already extremely limited, isn't it? Like the number of flights they allow. Uh, I yeah. thought I read, remember reading in one. A that consortium like, of 28 state environmental groups have made clear the number of air tours they'd like to see over the park, or the two parks, zero. Um... But, oh, no, that wasn't the quote. I thought, yeah, I thought the limit was like one. Or yeah, something. I think it's currently like one, so it's kind of much ado about one nothing, too I feel many. like. Uh, Mount St. Helens, they do some, or they used to anyways, there was a, a helicopter outfit out there that would fly around it and get close to it. I don't know if you could go directly over top of it, but um, it's a thing. You've never done any uh, air tourism before, Aaron? Never uh, got yourself, a, took your lady out and fly above the space needle nothing we're getting in a plan it's to get the hell out of here <laughs> not, <laughs> not to, to just fly around and come back <laughs> not to circle i've always wanted to get on one of those planes that can also land in the water oh a seaplane a seaplane blow yeah. my mind yeah that'd be great um all right uh, another news story winlock still growing baby Uh, But this story was more about the school district and fire department having a secret, I guess it's not secret, handshake deal, which amounts to the firefighters kind of keeping a toothbrush and spare contacts case at the school in case they need to crash. (laughs) One of those situations. Uh, The school is not booting the firefighters out, but the fire department uh, might build a new station across the street and the district might renovate. They're just saying they've got options, okay? It sounds to me like they're both scared of commitment. Your takes. (laughs) Uh, my take. So with all this growth going on around Winlock, it's, I mean, I don't really know where the, the limit is as far as like how big could it get. Are we looking at uh, the Twin Cities being referred to as Toledo and Winlock 20 years from now? The Tri-Cities. Yeah, maybe. maybe it would be Centralia, Chehalis, and then Winlock. As Winlock keeps growing and just completely eats Napavine. 
Yeah, it could happen. It, it could, could happen. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll probably eventually see like Winlock schools competing up in a larger division, right? Aren't they down in eight man right now, like football? They are. I think they're technically two B, but they play eight man football. Um, they would have to grow. I don't know. They were one A here. I guess that was ten years ago. That was a while ago. Yeah, you're old, Aaron. I know. Um, yeah, they'd have to do a little bit before they got bumped back to back to one A. I think. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, Winlock is uh, still growing. They got uh, a bunch of people coming in to to work and go to church and all that. Boomtown, baby. Yeah, they see that egg and they're like, "Man, what if I had some eggs?" <laughs> <laughs> Let's see where we're at. Um, either of you guys uh, shopping for a house? I feel like Eric is more in the market than I am. I'm looking for an upgrade. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I heard uh, you know things are things are getting curious around your neighborhood, and you're like, I don't know, maybe it's time for the Schwartzes to move on up. You signed that long term deal with Franklin. Um, you That's know things it. are things are looking good. Nothing's guaranteed. I'll put that out there. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was actually the first line in the contract. Nothing is guaranteed, but you will work as an indentured editor for the next thirty years. Franklin's like, you can totally leave a toothbrush here at the office. Uh, you know, uh, maybe spare contacts case. <laughs> Uh, what are you looking for in your dream home? Are you preferring maybe a rustic downtown building with a, an apartment upstairs that you could just kind of reside in? I'm not going to lie, Aaron. I'm looking for a mansion. A mansion? Frank has made some promises. Come on now. <laughs> uh, you got a, like, a, like a fountain out front? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to straight out say, it. I want to live on a hill, Aaron. I don't want to live on the Wanch Prairie floodplain anymore. How dare you? <laughs> you know, you're you're going to have to go to his house when the water comes. <laughs> you're thinking about going up like Zenkner Hill and looking down on me. Yes. Something One like of those that. nice, beautiful mansions up there. I just don't know how I would do it. Well, you know, I have news for you. <laughs> you need to call Summit Funding. Uh, what a shocker. What a surprise. They're, they're the home loan experts. Just call up, talk to Jason Gillespie. He'll hook you up with everything you need, and he'll explain the process. And I know that's important to you because just the other day we were we were out drinking, and you're like, "Man, this is the hard part." And the check came, and you're like, "I don't know what to do." <laughs> and I was like, "There's cash in your wallet. I can see it." And you're like, "Do I do I do this?" And you tried to shove your driver's license at the at the bill. It's hard, all right. I don't know how to do it. And anyway, he will explain everything to you and tell you to put your driver's license away until later. Uh, you can call him at 330-4037. That's in the office. What if, what if you want to send him a fax? I already know you're going to ask that. I was going to ask that. That's my prime means of communication. It blows my mind that you're still a fax guy, but I respect <laughs> it. Well, that's how you guys signed your contract, right? You faxed him over the documents. Yes. Yes. Uh, you can fax him at 205-4099. Email him, Gillespie Team. That's G-I-L-L-I-S-P-I-E Team at summitfunding.net. Visit him, 1616 South Gold Street. That's his office. And, of course, use promo code NEWSDUMP. 50% off your first mansion. <laughs> Always 50% off. Uh, yeah, the, you can take that to the bank. A lot of people have been using it, so it's been uh, restricted now to mansions. But that shouldn't affect your house shopping at all. Excellent. And, and then just an honest thanks to, to Summit Funding for supporting the podcast, this this dumb podcast, as we call it amongst ourselves. We It's been a while since we weighed in on just how dumb this podcast is and how it came to be. Chronicle yeah. and Friends? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is <laughs> very much just extension of an extension of Schwartz and I drinking during the pandemic and being like, man, maybe we should do the podcast. 
all and these then, references to drinking, I'm starting to think I might have a problem. Um, well, I mean, it's not when you're doing it professionally. <laughs> so you have a problem. Who would you call? Summit Funding? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm sure they would have a phone book available to point out somebody else. Uh, Jason, I'm out of beer. Um, anyway, Tales from the Takes page. The opinion section looked a little light as far as content for this, but I kind of rolled in both a story and a column Brian Mickey wrote about former Peel mayor and also county coroner John Penberth, who died at 81 years of age. He yeah, was, I, uh, I would definitely agree with Brian that he is a Lewis County original, even though he wasn't originally from Lewis County. I, I'm sure you recall as a young reporter getting a phone call from Penberth every once in a while, because I know I do. I don't know if he called me, but I can remember him being his name being around. Yeah, he definitely had something to say about a lot of stuff. He was always pitching a story or two, and I have to say most of the time it was pushing not an attack on someone else, but you know, a story that wouldn't be flattering on someone else. <laughs> um, but I always thought he was a super interesting guy, um, and I, I definitely think he was worth the Brian Mitke treatment, getting both the story and the... Uh, and the column. So yeah, former coroner and PL mayor. He was a he was a police officer. Yeah, cool cool life. He he left PL and ended up going down to Arizona though. I think you mentioned that. A yeah. saloon keeper mm-hmm. is the job that stands out the most to me. Yeah, he was a logger. Then he bought a bar. Uh, he left the woods after nearly dying when a log broke loose and rolled over him, fracturing his pelvis, causing other serious injuries. A couple guys called him dead man for twenty five years after that, which is definitely a PL thing. Um. He was also the the chair of the Lewis County Democratic Party back like in the early 2000s when they kind of still had um, some sway. Mm-hmm. No offense to the Lewis County Democrats as an organization right now, but they don't have a whole lot of power, or even a candidate in office that I'm aware of, um, at least a top-level candidate. Um, but I, it was interesting in the story. It said that uh, he shifted over to Donald Trump um, and voted for him in 2016. And his daughter had a quote, I know my dad, in a way, kind of thought of himself like that. Like, I say what people are thinking. I speak for the common man. I know he saw himself in that sort of light. And having known Penberth as little as I did um, and knowing as much as I do about Trump, that does not surprise me at all. Uh, From Mickey's column about John Penberth, on his first day as mayor of the town of PL, he fired the city's water department manager, who happened to be his nephew, that and other actions led to a recall attempt, <laughs> so which awesome. Penberth, which Penberth survived by about a dozen votes. He just walked in there, drained the swamp. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even though, even here. if they're family. Uh, I also like that he was a frequent caller to "Let's Talk About It," which is extremely on brand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that is where a lot of most people would know him from. Yeah, it was that era. It's uh, we're losing. I feel like you could throw Chuck Onrider in there again as a mm-hmm. as another local commentator of that era. Um, that we have lost. Uh, yeah, and he ran his own auction house in PL, secondhand store. Um, the secondhand store was in what is now the Tin Snug, which is downtown, kind of a coffee shop restaurant. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I thought that was good. We got a couple items. Uh, Don Brunel, uh, he writes commentary for us, former Association of Washington Business um, Executive Director. Bush's 9-11 epilogue needs to be America's prologue, and I just say personally, I 100% agree with it. Um, they were talking, of course, about his speech there in Pennsylvania at the site of one, where one of the planes went down. Um, and one thing I don't mind having an opinion on, Aaron, and you know I'm wishy-washy as, as heck as I try to balance being editor of the paper and uh, the, the star of this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, one thing that I just will not debate is that the people who rushed the Capitol are... It's one of the worst things that's ever happened in this country. 
So um, I thought that it was great to have a former president come out and say that on uh, a sacred day such as 9-11. Yeah, it was nice to see. Nice to see, uh, to see Bush come out there on that. Um, Certainly not without his flaws, but uh, yeah, it was, it was still fine. Yeah. Uh, shall we move to a particularly uh, tearjerker of a People's Champion of the Week? Absolutely. Forts Prairie Elementary and also the city of Centralia, I believe, celebrate Noah Markstrom Superhero Day. Uh, six-year-old Noah Markstrom passed away in November 2019, but in his memory, the city and Forts Prairie Elementary celebrate Noah Markstrom Superhero Day. And what a... It, it, it got dusty. It did. I think, uh, yeah, someone was cutting onions all around uh, Lewis County. This was a, a wonderfully written story by Isabel Vanderstoop. Um, she brings a lot of heart to our newsroom as the Lifestyles and Features reporter. Legitimately cares about what she's writing about. And I, I mean, I'd say more than any other reporter, it, it can impact her. And this was one where I think that was the case. But her walk-off lines in the story, um, if I could just read them, were, within the last two months of Noah's life, the tumors in his brain and neck were starting to cause him significant pain. Kyle Markstrom remembers one night tucking Noah in and telling him the cancer just wasn't fair and he was sorry it was happening. He looked right at me and said, I would do it again if I had to, Kyle Markstrom said. He was incredible. And I think that's where the waterworks were set off across the, the readership. That story was so well written um, in the Markstrom family. It, they're amazing. Um, it's tremendous what they've gone through. Um, and they still seem like positive people when you talk to them out in the community. Um, and I recommend everybody to go read that story because it's, it's it'll, it'll warm your heart. It's a tearjerker story for sure. Check out the Noah Markstrom Foundation as well. Um, you can tell they've built a really, really solid foundation in the last two years, and I anticipate that this is going to be one of those local groups that just makes big, big differences um, for a long, long time. And uh, I think it's great that uh, the not only the school district decided to, to have this Superheroes Day, but also that the city made it an official event that's going to be on the calendar every every year moving forward from now on. And I just think there's not a much better way to keep his legacy alive. He sounded like an absolutely fantastic kid. Yeah, that's it's very cool. Very cool. The city and the school are both doing there. Um, yeah, good stuff. Um, I feel like we need a, a buffer before our next segment. So we, I got a, a, I got a funny story. Okay. Uh, I, we can't say the specific, which, which city it was. Cause I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but we had a reporter go to a city hall recently and ask, um, for the phone number of one of the counselors and <laughs> yeah. especially, uh, a lippy clerk was like, well, I'm not allowed to give you their phone numbers. And the reporter was like, okay, okay. And then she was like, but, you know, I do have a phone book. And the reporter's like, okay. And, she's like, and, and his number is in there, so I guess I can look it up for you right now and just give it to you. <laughs> Did like, she look it up? Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I just use that as an opportunity to thank all the city and county staff that we work with on a, a day-to-day basis that might not be, like, the source of our stories, but they work with them, you know, with politicians, elected officials. Connecting jobs. Yeah, they're the ones that get the job done for us a lot of the times when it comes to getting news in the paper, and they never get credit for it. So thank you for the civic servants out there who help us do our job. All right. And with that, we'll go into our next segment. Thank you for breaking that up. Uh, Sirens Banger of the Week. This is a good one. Um, (laughs) This is a good one. (laughs) Shehalis woman arrested for allegedly defecating in park, exposing herself to juvenile... A 45-year-old Shehalis woman was arrested in Centralia Friday after allegedly defecating at Fort Boris Park and exposing herself to a juvenile, according to Centralia police. 
She's also accused of kicking one police officer and grabbing another by the leg as they attempted to arrest her. Um, what a headline. Yeah, there's not a whole lot left to, to say on that one. I mean, it would have been a good segue if we were still sponsored by Gobel Septic like the Chronicle Sports Dump is. Recording later tonight, yes. Recording later tonight. I was going to say on after this, but that's not how podcasts work, apparently. No, it is not. Um, but yeah, that one really stood out from the, the Weekend Sirens Roundup. Our, our crime reporter was out. I ended up typing that one up. Um, and yeah, you don't see that every day. So um, we did determine not to follow that one through in court um, just because of potential mental health issues that may be connected to it. Um, also, unanswered questions that we don't know as far as, you know, what if it was an emergency, Aaron? Uh, well, I don't sometimes know why you're when you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> I'm I, looking at you for a very specific reason. I, I don't know what you're. Yeah, meaning. sometimes you're I, out jogging, and you, you know that mood <laughs> strikes you. <laughs> I mean, not me because I don't jog, but Aaron the jogs. greatest spot, the I, uh, greatest spot in, in the in all podcast universes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna jump right. Yeah, to I thought so. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting dicey on my run today. That's I all will I'll make say. that my burn of the week, Eric Schwartz special. <laughs> Uh, the first comment we have is actually uh, from the Sirens Banger of the Week. This was posted on the website, not on Facebook. Uh, there's no context here. Is she homeless? Do they have restrooms available to them? Are they all locked up? Da 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 da. Yeah, he, she's uh, the commenter's not wrong. Um, no. but that's just what we got in the police report. So uh, Chronicle staff needs to tell the whole story instead of naming a person, then playing like they don't know they are being judge, jury, and hangman. If she's homeless, it could easily be any one of us, and maybe our time just hasn't come yet. Hey, that is a fair comment. I will accept that criticism. Uh, so, Eric, real quick, I mean, for the people that do listen to our podcast, I mean, when she says there's no context here and you say um, it's what we got from the police report, could you kind of elaborate on um, the information that we get um, and, w- and what we can write about versus the information that we don't receive that maybe we wish we did? There is endless different ways you could go with it. And the, that commenter, in my mind, might be 100% correct. Um, in this particular case, we get a daily press release from the Centralia Police Department with all of their um, arrests, crimes, anything that's not like JNET related, you know, that can't be public yet. Um, they send us a quick roundup of it but usually it's just maybe two or three lines per entry if for something like this it'll be three or four lines because she allegedly also wrestled with police and kicked police um which i mean as i was posting it of course the defecating in public is going to grab the most attention but assaulting a police officer is nothing to shake a stick at either um so i kind of thought there's no one you can call on saturday either to get additional details there's no court documents available um, so in this particular case, I just thought it was of community interest. If anyone happened to have been around the park around that time, heard about it, um, when something like that happens, it, like specifically a kid, um, someone exposing themselves to a kid, um, there's probably a pretty good response and people are going to wonder why it's not in the paper if, if we leave it out. Um, so that's, that's the answer there. But the truth is we get our information from local law enforcement departments all in completely different ways or not at all in some cases. There's a couple cities that don't, don't send us reports currently. So it can be hit or miss. I'll admit that. And I tip my cap to the commenter because I think that comment came from a really good place. Um, so yeah. Yeah, a great answer. I appreciate that. We've also talked about, not to stretch too long here, but and maybe you guys will bounce something off, of changing our crime policy. The Associated Press has suggested never naming anyone unless you're going to follow the case all the way to its conclusion. Um, so in this case, this woman, perhaps we wouldn't have named her um, because we're not going to follow a case like that. Like We're not going to dedicate resources to court four or five times a year for someone that took a crap in the park. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. My stance so. on that, I mean, maybe I don't agree with that fully um, because if we don't have the resources to follow it all, all the way through court, but we don't use her name, um, maybe her name is an identifier for somebody that does want to follow it all the way through court on yeah. their own time. Now they have an identifier. They know what they're looking for. That's, Good point, frankly. That's a great point. And, I mean, the other thing is the, the, one, the one I struggle with is we've had in the past people that get arrested again and again for, for instance, slapping women around. And it's like if you're not naming them just because it's a single domestic assault case, are you doing your duty to the readers by potentially not exposing someone who has a history of slapping women around? You know what I mean? Yep. Good point as well. If we're just saying, you know, 35-year-old Centralia man as opposed to naming them. But there's other, I mean, every week we get calls from people asking to, begging in some cases to have their names removed because the internet is such a different beast than the paper, like old days before the internet. You'd have to have a copy of the paper in order to say, no, I'm not going to hire you because you, you know, punched some guy at a bar 10 years ago. It's like now, first thing I do when I'm looking to hire someone is search their name on Google. <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and something like that pops up. It can be a killer. So if anybody has any ideas on that, you can email me, news at cronline.com, because that is an ongoing conversation here at Chronicle World Headquarters. All right. Uh, I think that comment was actually um, Facebook, not the website. We'll get to the website comments in a second. Um, our next uh, Facebook comment of the week came on a story about the Callot's Corner getting a cooled trailer to handle all the dead bodies. Uh, somebody commented, never let a good crisis go to waste. And the response was, I'm sure he's really been angling for a refrigerator body trailer for some time. Um yeah, that's kind of a disturbing story from Collitz County. They're, they're seeing a, a number of deaths, just like Lewis County is. We didn't report any today in the weekly report, which I think you can just say thank God for that. The week before, we had a number of them. Um, but it's, I mean, it's literally a pr- matter of practicality. If, uh, if they didn't actually need that cooling center, I could tell you that any of the three Republicans on the Collitz County Commission would have said, <laughs> you don't yeah. need that. So, I mean, you have a pile of bodies and you need somewhere to put them. That's a, a dark reality. And I think people, when they don't want to accept a dark reality these days, they find another one um, and crawl inside that like a hermit crab. Uh, on yet another COVID story, the comment is, they already know the names of the next two variants that are coming in the future, Epsilon and Zeta. Hmm. Uh, I would like to point out that that is just how the Greek alphabet works. It's Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Zeta, Eta, Theta, Iota. So those are kind of what you got coming. Look at Aaron flexing Whoa. over here. Uh, yeah. I always did have this idea um, for naming the viruses. Will they ever get to the stage of how they name hurricanes and just go down the alphabet? Uh, yeah, probably. Well, I hope not. I hope not as well. So is that what the, yeah, with the hurricanes, they do the opposite, right? They go through regular names, and then they switch over to the Greek alphabet if they run out. I thought I heard that somewhere. I, I don't know how they name hurricanes. They wouldn't run we out We don't get names. a lot of them around here. Someone will fact check you. Yeah, someone will. Uh, my favorite comment of the week on the United Learning Center signing a 10-year lease in Centralia. So a bunch of woke, broke, woke single mothers are going to hand over their babies to Jeff Bezos, a known socialist, to be brainwashed so they don't have to raise them or pay for daycare. Nice. Uh, yes, noted known <laughs> socialist, the richest man in the world, who recently spent a few billion to briefly enter space, is... Uh, I can think of plenty of negative things to say about <laughs> Jeff Bezos, but socialist, socialist would be like a hard... That's a hard one. Probably one of the last things I'd call him. The well, man that conquered Walmart, for goodness sake. Somebody else had an alternative when they said, who invited the devil to town? <laughs> oh, jeez. Our commenters are harsh. Some I, of them. I mean, they are a varied and diverse people. Uh, um, but I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
United Learning Center, that was actually really big news that we could have talked about. Um, that's oh, actually a great... I don't want the only thing we say to be negative. That's actually a fantastic, fantastic uh, project. You're going to have 80 kids from low-income households that are going to get a head start that is going to impact the rest of their lives. Um, it started to communism. I really comment. <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. I think a community this size, 80 kids, is going to make a big difference once they move out of that and go into the school districts. I agree. Um, it's huge for Centralia. I don't think a lot of people realize how big of a deal it is. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal, especially on a local level. I mean, you hear about a lot of these stories on a national scale um, for other communities getting programs like this. For this to be, I mean, right across the street from our office, I mean, it's pretty amazing to watch this unfold and just see the the actual number of how many kids this is going to help is really going to impact our community. Yeah, I do hope, do hope Bezos plans on compensating us for our lost parking possibilities. Uh, yeah, uh, Amazon echoes for everyone. <laughs> we'll take it right off top. Uh, next comment on a story about donated papers could shed new lights on the 1919 Centralia Massacre. The comment in all caps was, The big shots who set up the Legionnaires in 1919 should have been charged with conspiracy. The dupped drunk soldiers were just doing their bidding. Um, People still feel strongly about this one, man. It was 102 years ago. You weren't there. <laughs> People feel strongly about it. Their pappy was there. <laughs> yeah. Their Grammy. So I think Brian Mitke, as late as, I want to say 2013, 2014, went over to Grace Harbor County and interviewed an old man who was a little boy that day. And I think that was the last like eyewitness account that exists, uh, at least you know here at the Chronicle. But, I mean, people here still cannot agree if it was the Wobblies or the Legionnaires who started it. So let's put both of you guys on the spot. Who do you blame for the destruction that occurred 103 years ago? Aaron, uh, I'm going. I, I don't know. I feel like it was probably the Legionnaires. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> Even if you had a time machine, you'd be Aaron Maddow. <laughs> he would see what happens. I'm siding with the troops on this one. I don't know about Franklin. The, I don't know. Uh, I just it's hard for me. To, it's hard for me. I mean, they still teach us in school. I mean, I they taught us this in school. I mean, it's still a hot topic. I mean, a lot of people. When you were in school in Chehalis, right? Yep. So was it very much like uh, oh, the dirty unwashed <laughs> masses over in Centralia getting in a drunken brawl on? <laughs> Legionnaire's Day. Oh, man. Armistice Day. I want to point out to anyone who doesn't know this fact, and I hope it's a fact because I've been repeating it for years since someone told me, uh, the Sentinel statue over in George Washington Park is obviously like kind of a, a mural to the Legionnaire side of things. Um, and then the mural that's up on the Barry Fields building is kind of a union take. Mm-hmm. And I think in the bottom right corner, maybe bottom left, there is a depiction of a pig with, uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it here, it's, it's spewing excrement out of its mouth. Mm-hmm. That's the Chronicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, is just, you. which is just funny to me. So they were, <laughs> is that actually the Chronicle? It's supposed to depict the Chronicle in the mural, like because we were spewing poo that being our coverage, which I think was very friendly to the Legionnaires. How uh, uh, how old is that mural? Mural? I don't know. I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. The original mural's not there. They they replaced or did some work on that section of the building, and um, but they they put the the mural now goes like over the windows and that whole section. Um, I'm gonna get my picture with that. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking maybe it was like a 2012 mural, and you sent Kyle Spur over to cover it, and the the artist was <laughs> no. like, "Boy, I have a take now." <laughs> You know, and I don't even remember who told me that. I just know it, it kind of made sense for um, <laughs> the time, and that would be the Union um, Industrial Workers of the World take. So those um, are like the, in the past, I mean, those are the commenters that really attack us. Yeah. Yeah, back in the day, comments really just, you just wrote them on walls. You just wrote them on walls. They're a lot more elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> you had to put some thought into your takes. Do you remember like, maybe 10 years ago, Aaron, when somebody was running around town? We almost did a story on it, but I don't think we did. And just writing IWW and Wobblies all over stuff. 
Like there was a wobbly bandit? Vaguely. <laughs> I still don't know if it was former reporter Dan Schreiber because he was the one finding them all. Oh, just trying to stir up another story? Yeah, probably. A classic Banksy. Yeah. Good story, though, by uh, Eric Rosane on the, the documents that, you know, we, we didn't talk about that. There's not a whole lot. Uh, just basically all the court papers from a, the case that actually convicted the Wobblies um, is with local historians in the Centralia College Library now, which yeah, is great. Good place for them. Uh, the rest of the comments kind of suck, and I've got to uh, get to a different place. Oh, how professional. I know. Um, I will be coming back after that to record Sports Dump, which will be posted tomorrow. So check out Sports Dump tomorrow uh, afternoon, what, Thursday? Thursday morning we'll probably post it? Maybe Thursday yeah, afternoon? Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, there is there's the football games tomorrow night, too, so yeah, we'll, we'll get it, it in Don't advance worry. of that. Don't worry. And with that, we're going to wrap up this edition of News Dump. Thank you for listening. Thanks, uh, thanks Summit Funding for sponsoring this fine program, which is definitely not the dumbest podcast in Lewis County. So Glad dumb. you said that. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>